Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Email from Lara to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Hello, Mr. Green. Happy Easter to you and your beloved puppies. Thank you, Lara. The rowdies are at home right now, and they're very angry with me because I left. Should see the looks I get. Should see the looks that I get. And then when I get home, it's like even worse. We're not going to get up and say hello to you because we don't like you anymore. Uh, Lara's email continues. What on earth is going on at the Canadian borders? Not knowing is what is concerning. After all, illegals cross into our country with or without criminal history. My concern is what next? After illegally crossing the Canadian border and are deemed criminal and how do border security check this where no one or false documents, where no or false documents are presented? It's a good question. And what it is, is an extension of the question that was asked in the 90s. When people were arriving in Canada on airliners and they'd have no papers when they got here. They had papers when they left their country of origin, but they had no papers when they got here and they declared refugee status, and because of charter rights, uh, an investigation was, was granted. My point at that time was, you left somewhere on an airplane with a ticket, so you had money to buy a ticket, and you had papers to leave. Where are the papers? You don't have the papers? We're putting you on the next airliner back where you came from. And that still won't be my policy today. If you leave a country on an airliner, and you have papers when you leave, and you have no papers when you get here, you claim refugee status, sorry, go home and find some new papers. Then visit our embassy and make a claim. On this situation, we have people entering Canada from the United States, which is already a safe country. What do you do? You provide the people with help. Somebody said to me, what would you do if someone crossed the border and needed medical help? And I said, I don't want to see anybody hurt. I don't want to see anybody suffering. But if it were equidistant from an, to an American hospital and a Canadian hospital, and they were entering from the United States, I'd take them to the American hospital. Partly, and I don't say this in anything but the most truthful manner, partly because our healthcare service in this country is slow. But not, that wouldn't be my main reason. My main, main reason would be you were in the United States, you weren't doing well, you passed a hospital to enter Canada. That's not the way the law works. But we have an agreement which is really, well, it's got so many holes. Larry's in Fort Saskatchewan. Hey, Larry, thank you for the call, sir. I appreciate it. Go ahead, please. No problem, Roy. So the, the safe third-party uh, country, or safe third-country agreement, everybody brings that up, but nobody ever seems to address the issue that, that does, if an if a immigrant or, or if a border crosser comes to a, a registered crossing, 
the border guards will turn them around. But if they come through the bush and across a ditch, they seem to be allowed in. Now, we've, we've, been, almost, we've been talking about that, Larry. Yeah, but it's almost as if the liberal government doesn't have a doesn't doesn't seem to have much of a of a stomach to to address that because that's a technicality and I'm sure that was not the intent of the agreement. It wasn't the intent of the agreement, but the agreement was written obviously in a flawed manner. But it doesn't matter if you enter the country illegally, you still have to appear before the IRB and they will still determine whether you have a legitimate refugee case and if they have any faith in the third uh, country safe country agreement the IRB would say, sorry, but the United States is a, is a safe country, so determined by Canada, and so you're going back to the United yeah, States. Enough, but, but again... However, Larry, let Roy throw a however your way. Consider this. Consider this. We have a prime minister whose name is Justin Trudeau, right? A registered... Larry, Larry, listen, last, Larry, listen to me. Just consider this. We have a prime minister, Justin Trudeau, who when Donald Trump's legislation that would have stopped uh, citizens from seven countries entering Canada was being considered before the courts uh, ruled it to be not, it wasn't constitutional. I forget what, maybe it wasn't a constitutional. Anyway, it wasn't going to be allowed to pass or allowed to become the law of the day. So our prime minister got up and said, tweeted rather, Canada is a welcoming country. Anybody who is trying to leave, trying to get to the United States as a refugee claimant, you can't get into the US, U.S., come to Canada, you're welcome here. So when the prime minister says that or tweets that, that has to carry some weight. It does, but it doesn't carry the weight of law. That's the problem. No, I know, but it, it's confusing to people who have to enforce the law when the law is so um, unclear at the border, and the prime minister appears to be contravening what the law is. Because he didn't say you can only come to Canada if you're in one of those countries. He, he never said that. He might well have been talking to people who were in the United States and wanted to come to Canada. Yeah, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, and I, I realize that you know, when, when the leader of the country says something like that, it does carry a bit of weight, but it's still only a tweet. And a tweet is just a tweet. It's, it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, no, it, I'm not suggesting not, it changes the law, Larry. Law. I'm just saying that it, it, what it also does is motivate people to follow. If the prime minister, if, you're in a, if you feel like you're in a desperate situation, and the prime minister of a country that you consider to be a safe country where you'd like to be, says, come here, what are you going to do? You're going to go there. Yeah, I know. I, I, I but you, but you, you know, what you're doing is you're playing the devil's advocate. I know I right am. Now because, I know well, I am. Well, sure you are because because again, I'm going to go back to the root of the problem. A lot of that stuff is a red herring, Roy. Because the root of the problem is that if that individual arrives at a legitimate border crossing, what's going to happen to him? He's going to be sent back. He's going to be sent back. So if he's going to be sent back at a legitimate border crossing. We need to close that loophole, which says that he can come across the border any other place. I agree. I absolutely, yeah. totally, 100% agree. I'm just saying that when you have the prime minister of the country saying or tweeting, come here, people will follow that invitation, right? Oh, and that's going oh, to create what the, the situation that's at the border now. Now there's also some concerns that there may be human trafficking involved. There's a lot in, involved, and the prime minister of Canada seems to be 
uh, he seems to be out of his depth on most everything except marijuana, and he's not even handling that very well. There's no question about that. And the word the word travels exponentially. You know, I mean, it, it starts off as a trickle, and pretty soon it's a flood. So well, it could be, yes, sir. No question. As the weather gets warmer, the expectation is that there will be more people. And if the government's just tiptoeing around the the, the issue now then they're going to be completely lost come summer if there is a flood of people and I, entering the you country. You and I complaining to each other don't necessarily solve the problem. I mean, I, no. I write people like Ralph Goodale, and I write people like our, our immigration men. I never hear anything from no, any of those guys. No. You, know? They, they, you, know what happens to your, you know what happens to your letter or your email? If you're lucky, somebody reads it and they'll send you a, uh, a form reply, and just as often they'll press delete. Oh, yeah, you get a bot reply. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's why you call here. So that's why I phone you, right? Because that's right. You can get it on the air. And you know what, Larry? When enough people meet at a forum like this and express a strong opinion, because they do listen to uh, governments monitor all the talk shows, and the ministers will receive transcripts of what's said about on, on specific segments that maybe pertain in some way to their ministry. They'll get transcripts if they want them of what we said on the air. And so often what you'll say on a show like this will get to a politician, a leading politician, faster than if you send an email. I hope whatever you're right. Worth. Thanks I for am your right. time, Roy. I am right, Larry. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Um, the Prime Minister of Canada tweets, come to Canada. If you're a refugee claimant, if you if you feel you must come, you must go somewhere and you and, and you feel excluded because of the U.S. situation. Come to Canada. People are going to follow that. People will say from another country, another part of the world, and the legitimately disenfranchised particularly will say, he's inviting us to go to Canada. And that's where we would like to be because the United States appears to be not so welcoming now, so we want to go to Canada. So arguably, Mr. Trudeau is the one who, if there is a problem, exacerbated the problem with his tweet. 800-263-2428. Tougher borders or welcome everyone and provide people who claim to be refugees with whatever they need. We'll come back and we'll continue with your calls. Remember, you can tweet me uh, at the Roy Green Show and emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com.